on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. All right, 9.05, that means it's time for Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS, and a busy Tuesday ahead for us. Glad you're with us, however, wherever you might be listening today on the show. The first hour today, we'll talk about the weather. Greg Solier, he's going to tell us, try to give us his best estimate of how much snow we're going to get, what's it going to be like this weekend. If you're traveling somewhere, I know the basketball team, we're scheduled to go to Iowa City this weekend. We'll talk to him about that a little bit, what the weather will be like there. I'm assuming it'll be similar to uh, here. And if you have any weather questions, weather-related questions, how this, why that, uh, certainly now is the time to get those in. Greg is with us uh, throughout the day on WDWS, our sister station, Light Rock 97.5. You see him in the News Gazette online and so forth and on television as well with a TV program that he produces. So and helps uh, work with, I guess, with Orion and, and the crew. So uh, Greg's on a bit, uh, a lot, but uh, we don't often get him for a full hour. So if you have some questions you want to run by Greg, certainly you can do that here in the next hour. The numbers are 3569397. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. That's always available, 3515357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Second hour, we'll talk open line. Of course, J.B. Pritzker now in charge in Springfield. Historic margins for the Democrats, both in the Illinois House and Senate. We'll see what uh, gets done or what they attempt to get done here in the uh, years ahead with J.B. Pritzker now, the new governor. The U of I president, uh, Tim Colleen, encouraged by the governor's stance on the U of I-led Discovery Partners Institute, the DPI as it's known. Uh, the governor also talked a little bit yesterday. You may have heard the speech here on DWS. If not, you can go to WDWS.com, talked about a progressive income tax, uh, legalizing marijuana, also his goals for Illinois overall. Some news from Urbana City Council, Champaign City Council, miscellaneous items, uh, a big one, a big loss for uh, Broadway. Carol Channing passes away at the age of 97. Of course, hello, Dolly, and diamonds are a girl's best friend. And uh, Duke loses, Indiana loses, and Kansas almost got beat. Last night in college basketball, the Illini men play tomorrow night at 8. But the first hour, it is Greg Solier, open line second hour. Later this week, at the end of the week, it'll be Justice Roberts Dygman. So a busy week ahead. Jim Dye joins me in the second hour tomorrow on an open line for both hours here on Penny for Your Thoughts. An opening break, and then we get Greg online after this on DWS. Any for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS, and we'll talk weather here this first hour. Meteorologist Greg Solier joins us here in a moment. Open line in hour number two, and the snowman cometh. Here's Greg Solier. Uh, so Duke <laughs> lost last night? Yes, they did. We'll have to let Mrs. Weather Forecaster know about that. She <laughs> did uh, her graduate work there in uh, Raleigh-Durham at Duke. So anytime there's a little slip-up on the program out there, you know, um, you know, the husband is right there to, you know, let to, her know. To, anyway. re- to remind her of it, yes. And, that's uh, right. And, and then she reminds me of <laughs> meteorology and NIU, but uh, that's well, another story. There you so, go. Well, how you doing? 
I'm good. How about you? Yeah, nice to be with you here in yeah. the program. Yeah. Nice to hear you and Adam and and, and Gene Honda. It's uh, nice to be here in the big yeah, day. Yeah, good good combination. And of course, uh, we're looking out here at our downtown studios. The snow uh, piled up from where they moved it around. It's a little slick out there today. I think. I mean, I'd yeah, just yeah, we around. Been, yeah. It's been uh, we've had some uh, suspended low level moisture, just a little bit of lift. You don't really see it on the radar. Just have to really base it on surface reports, and uh, still some of that going on as we try to bring a little puff. Relatively speaking, a milder air over these uh, very cold and snow-covered grounds across our part of the Midwest. So still keep an eye on that stuff here for the next few hours. We will see temperatures inch a little bit uh, closer to it, a little above freezing. But those grounds are cold uh, with the snow cover, of course. So uh, keep an eye on it. Just maybe the little vanguard of what's coming down the pike here on a slightly larger scale um, come late tomorrow night and Thursday in a much broader scope with uh, expectations of a winter storm here over the course of the weekend. Well, we're going to uh, kind of talk about what happened last weekend, and we'll look ahead to this weekend and kind of compare the two and uh, what are the similarities going to be and so forth. And then also maybe take a look at the rest of the winter and an early peak at spring. Here with uh, meteorologist Greg Solier, three five six nine three nine seven is our number. If you have any weather-related questions, and of course you can text us. That's open twenty-four hours a day, three five one five three five seven. So we got what six and a half, seven inches last weekend here. Uh, yeah, about uh, that on average. A little lesser as you ventured up towards uh, Kankakee, Milford, Watsika, and in northwest Indiana, and uh, as you ventured to the west and southwest, there were some nine to twelve-inch totals. Uh, not far from Peoria, Pekin, uh, Springfield, Taylorville, Jacksonville, and of course uh, that record-setting snows. I think the biggest they've seen in five years, uh, not only with totals, uh, but uh, daily accumulations down there towards the St. Louis area just piled up quickly over a couple of hours Friday afternoon, three, four, five inches in some spots outside of St. Louis, close to 20 inches, inclusive of uh, parts of uh, west, uh, southwest and southwestern uh, Missouri down to the Ozarks and across the Kansas line and then uh, from there east-northeast. Kind of once again lined up on the I-70 corridor, but some of the bigger totals were to the south and southwest. You know, kind of, you know, in quotes, manageable because it was a wetter snow, not great from a shoveling standpoint, but we didn't have a lot of wind, and except for some of the localized nuances with a uh, radiational cooling here last night, where like Paxton, for example, was down close to zero, uh, not a lot of real bitter cold air, so we lacked that, that second punch of wind and cold on that first go-around, uh, but we'll certainly make up for it this weekend with the next uh, round of snowfall. Yeah, because we were idling along there. I mean, uh, last week or so, it felt like, April almost. I mean, it was yeah. spring-like out there, and you kept thinking, man, is it really January? And then, you know, you wake up the other day, and it's like, okay, it's January. <laughs> yes, it's January. It had the look of a winter time for a change out there. We haven't had anything really of significance. A little uh, shot here and there. We were none too far off some organized snows and actually got some over uh, back in November. Uh, but uh, when you kind of you know put the you know, armchair quarterbacking uh, into position here, not unusual to see kind of a southern branch of the jet that from time to time will generate uh, moisture. We saw a pretty sizable rain in the same particular setup, lacking the cold uh, close to New Year's when we had a couple of inches in spots. And uh, so those grounds are wet in our part of the Corn Belt. And uh, talked to someone up in Wisconsin uh, yesterday uh, for radio, and and you know it's there's hardly any frost or freeze of the ground, no snow cover of significance since uh, back in October and early to mid November up there. So kind of have reversed things, but again, not unusual, at least when you take into account enough cold air, lots of moisture, active southern branch of the jet that's brought moisture to California, the southwest, to see some of those once in a while make their way into the Ohio Valley with just enough cold air to just kind of eke out wet snow, not a particularly big storm, and uh, that was the... Uh, 
uh, the, the, the retrospective analysis of last weekend storm. Mm-hmm. This one has a whole different character to yeah, it. Yeah, well, tell us about it. What uh, what are we looking? I know it still could firm up a little bit over the next couple of days, but uh, yeah, it, it's 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 really you know it's one of these things where you know whether we get six inches, we get eight, we get ten, we get twelve, it's all going to get blown back, blown around. You can come up with a half inch or an inch of snow, and and generate whiteout conditions. So this has you know this is a little more. Uh, sustainable, you know, phasing of the jet stream. We had a little coalescence of that with the northern and southern branch on last weekend's storm. These two will get together. There is Arctic air involved, a nice dynamic uh, structure to the atmosphere. So we anticipate a pretty snappy load to come out of the front range of the Rockies, drop into the Oklahoma panhandle. When those things swing northeast or east-northeast, that's usually a problem uh, with winter precip in mind for parts of the Corn Belt in the Midwest. And this will make kind of a swing up uh, into parts of Arkansas. Then maybe take a little more east-northeast turn instead of making its way up uh, towards, uh, let's say, Michigan or the Lower Lakes region. That sometimes puts the heaviest snow up towards Chicago and back to the Quad Cities and Quincy. This one on that east-northeast move kind of keeps us very close to the bigger snow area. So, again, whether it's 8, 10, 12 inches, toughen up, but where there's going to be wind involved and a steady state wind that'll run at 25 or 30, maybe some gusts close to 40 miles per hour, particularly Saturday afternoon, mid to late afternoon, Saturday night into Sunday morning with those winds turning more northerly. So blowing and drifting, Arctic airs involve drier, lower moisture content snow, fluffed up easily and blown around easily, and uh, we may get a little lake enhancement this far into uh, east central Illinois with the winds out of the north-northeast kind of running almost the full 330-mile fetch of Lake Michigan. So we will likely drive some of those snow showers on the back end of this storm system as late as late to Saturday night or Sunday morning into our neck of the woods. So the corridor of heaviest snow may be here, maybe slightly to the north, Watsika, Milford, uh, maybe towards Peoria, uh, somewhere in that corridor, and then a little separate one into parts of Lake County, Illinois, Cook County, Illinois, and into parts of northwest Indiana, Lake and Porter and Jasper as those winds come around north-northwest. So, And then extend that corridor uh, probably towards uh, West Lafayette, Fort Wayne, uh, maybe uh, Columbus, Ohio, back along the I-70 corridor and east from there. So it's a jog to the northeast and an east-northeast move once it makes its way out of Arkansas. So I think we're going to ultimately see some of the bigger snow totals, uh, none too far, if not maybe centered here on Champaign or slightly to the north. And yeah, 8, 10, 12 inches would be a uh, rough number to work with, coupled with blowing and drifting, uh, maybe near blizzard conditions if we can get those winds to rent sustain close to 40 or 45 miles per hour at times. And uh, obviously lots of blowing and drifting. So a different character, that's what we're trying to emphasize. This is more of a winter storm involving the wind, the blowing and drifting, the accumulating snow, and then cold wave weather that will follow in uh, right behind it here over the course of Sunday, Monday, and part of Tuesday of next week. Well, Greg Solier with us this entire hour. If you'd like to uh, get a question in for Greg, you can certainly do that. Already a couple have come in, 3569397 on the text line, 3515357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. So if you're thinking about traveling you ought to get it done before Saturday, huh? Yeah, and, and yeah, I would not want to really venture out. I mean, if you wanted to kind of break it down further, should be snowing steadily here, you know, obviously in the pre-dawn hours of Saturday, by daybreak on Saturday, and then probably just intensify not only with the snowfall but the wind 
um, as well. So if you had to travel, probably wouldn't even want to do it on Friday. I should say Saturday around here. Probably would be Friday would be the better day if you if you had to travel into Iowa. Getting out, you know, morning to early afternoon would be of a benefit. They're going to be none too far west of the snow here come Friday morning. Uh, don't think they'll be in the heaviest snow band area up there towards uh, uh, Ames and Iowa City, uh, but enough to generate some sense of accumulation, a couple of two or three, four inches. And again, they're going to be coupled with some uh, blowing and drifting issues come Saturday, uh, Saturday night, Saturday evening uh, up there into Iowa as well. So, yeah. But if you have to travel locally, I think Friday is the better day definitely than Saturday. Clean up and digging out on Sunday and hopefully get back at it here on a Monday. All right, uh, we'll get to some texts for Greg and uh, your phone calls, emails, and those texts after this quick timeout. Meteorologist Greg Solier with us here for this hour. Back after this with Greg. We're back on Penny for Your Thoughts, New Stock 1400 DWS, visiting with our staff meteorologist here, uh, Greg Solier. Any questions for him? If you ever heard him on the air and say, man, I'd like to ask that guy a question. Now's your chance. You can do it. Or, or file a complaint. Or file a complaint. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> I'm sure you get your fair share of that. Yeah, yeah. One thing they may be lacking, I've probably said this a kajillion times on the radio uh, back in uh, weather school a million years ago, they should have uh, introduced some sense of psychology, the psychology of weather forecasting. So uh, have, have learned a lot. You know, you can get it right, but it's what you don't get right that the people tend to remember. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's human nature. Well, it, you know, it's funny because in my role, what I do, I get uh, with the Illini, I, I get people talk to me all the time about the Illini, which is great. I love talking yeah. about, yeah. you know, the teams and, and what's going on. And, and some people will say, well, I hate to bother you with this because I'm sure you talk about it all the time. And I'm like, hey, that's my job. That's what I do. So I'm That's sure right. you get the same effect with the weather. So yeah, you know, and and and, and it's fine. I mean, uh, you know, I I, I kid. This is strictly kidding. I I haven't had a day off since I either, from a professional standpoint, when I got out of school or when I got into the weather business. You know, as a kid, like uh, I think it was 13, 14 years ago. Matter of fact, back in the big 1979 blizzard. Uh, up in the Chicagoland area. I'm sure we had an impact of that down here in East Central Illinois. That was sort of the year that it kind of began to get into the whole thing of whether it had gotten one of those weather stations for Christmas. I can remember my, the old man and I were out there trying to put a stake in about five feet of frozen snow with the 80 below wind chill. 40 mile an hour winds is one of those 90 inch snows that we had. Put one of these weather stations out there. Didn't last the wintertime season, but uh, that's how the magic started. So, and it was forty years ago. We were dealing with those big snowstorms. That's I've right. Seen on Facebook, a lot and a lot of pictures, and I lived through it, of course. Yeah, uh, back yeah, in yeah. You and I are roughly the same same mm-hmm. decade, so I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, you have uh, have stories to tell. Oh yeah, I mean, just the pictures of the snow just piled, you know, feet high. You know, not just uh, six inches high, but. You know, you had to basically like tunneling through a mountain, you know, to get where That's you wanted right. to go. Yeah, you had so. really, really no place to put that. And I think I saw something, uh, some uh, social media uh, that came through. Uh, I think it was like w- almost 100 days, literally three months, better than three months of snow cover on the ground uh, over a good part of the Midwest and the Corn Belt. And, and just these recurring cold wave outbreaks with that snow on the ground where, you know, it wasn't uncommon for about a six-week time frame where you had 0, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 below zero. And back in that day, back 40 years ago, there was a def- different methodology to computing uh, wind chill. And it was it, it, it was refined um, a couple of, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or so. Uh, but back then, it was a much more harsher 
scale. We didn't have quite the data that we have now where the uh, wind chills kind of modified and moderated some. Uh, but it was not you know, uncommon to have, you know, wake up some mornings to have wind chills down around 50, 55, 65 below zero back in that old computation method back 40 years ago. And that certainly got your attention, I'm sure, each morning. <laughs> yes, it did. All right, we have a phone call. Uh, Zoe's with us. Hey, Zoe, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning. Um, I have two things. My big thing, I really wanted to just tell Greg how much I enjoy him and his weather reports. And Thank you. I don't know. You make it kind of feel like you're just talking to each of us, I think, and I and the, and you make it very interesting. Well, thank you. Well, that's what Brian does on the on the, on the ball game reports yes, too. I bet yeah, you. Yes, that's yes, true. <laughs> so, um, and I just wanted to ask um, later this evening. Like, I think it's going to be hovering the temperature around freezing, and I'm trying to decide whether to go out and I'd be walking some outside, and I'm blind and I don't like slippery. I think it's going to be slippery because isn't it slippery a lot when the temperature's kind of hovering around freezing, but it's like not. Like yeah, right well, yeah. The, you know, we measure the temperature at about uh, three and a half, four feet above the ground, and and while there's not a lot of frost or freeze or deep penetrating cold, you know, we've got a substantial snow cover. There's been a little bit of melting from bottom to top going on, so you're going to create a little bit of moisture. We have some of this suspended stuff in the air, and we may get to about 31, 32, and and not much better than that on the air temperature. Now, grounds might be a couple degrees colder, so. Yeah, you may want to err on the side of caution if you're going to go out uh, this evening, and, and and even more so with this uh, uh, as we move on through late tomorrow night and Thursday, where there may be a little more frozen moisture to contend with ahead of the uh, main snow event for the weekend. So yeah, unless you got a good pair of traction boots or you're comfortable or it's well salted, well treated, uh, may want to err on the side of caution. Yeah, I wasn't worried about the um, snow so much, but then when they started talking about freezing rain and all that, then I started getting worried. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't yeah. know. Thanks yeah. a lot. All right, thank You're you, welcome. Zoe. Yep, great to hear from you. And yeah, our parking lot today was really, really slick. That's, uh, you know, it, it just happens. Uh, yeah, that, we had that, kind of that freezing. I don't know what it was this morning, but kind of a a like low a mist frost. almost out yeah, there. Mist, yeah, like, like a mist. Yeah, yesterday morning was more frosty, kind of accreted on, on colder surfaces of the windshield. This stuff, you, if you kind of you know drove through it. It was almost like suspended moisture. You know, you drive a little bit and have to run the wiper blades intermittently, and then that's the suspended stuff that uh, is just the dickens to see. You have to go on surface reports, eyewitness accounts. You can, you know, fine-tune the Doppler to maybe see it sometimes. Uh, so uh, that's one of the things we have to, you know, stay up for. And then there'll be a little more precip-oriented, radar-detected type of freezing rain and some snow and some uh, mixed uh, quantities of that between tomorrow night and a fr- uh, Thursday. So there's actually two systems to contend with. One has a little more moisture, uh, mixed moisture. The other one's going to be primarily a straight snow event. Anyway, you want to look at it between Thursday, a break Friday, and then uh, problems coming up for the weekend. All right. A texter says, will I be able to drive from Champaign to Chicago and fly out of O'Hare to Denver on Friday morning without any issues? Uh, I I would think so. There, you know, we should be kind of in the clear in quotes. You know, uh, I I don't think uh, you know outside of uh, any you know outside of any ceiling issues. You know, I think commercial guys are okay. Friday should be a doable day. You know, we'll see how road conditions are and all that from the Thursday stuff. But as a whole, 
I don't foresee anything, any big issues going on. Maybe some local nuances. Maybe some, they'll be playing catch up a little bit with their equipment, depending on how the freezing rain and mixed moisture gets going up in the Chicago area. Uh, late Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, uh, Thursday morning around here, but Friday between here and Champaign and Bloomington should be, from a driving and flying standpoint, in relatively good order. Okay, back to the phones here to Alan. Good morning, Alan. Hello, Alan. Hello. Is he there? Is he okay? I think he'll, I'm, uh, maybe he can call me back. All right. Uh, good morning, Brian. I love Greg Soye. He's the best. He's spot on every time. That's a nice well, text. Yeah. Th- th- nice to hear. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Uh, also, this is totally unweather related, I guess. Okay. Uh, hello, Greg, the state climatologist. We talked about this a little bit when, um, when he was here, Jim Angel. Jim Angel. But it said in space, there is no air, apparently. Uh, uh, where that's do, what I hear. Where does all the? <laughs> that's why we wear our suits up there, right? That's right. And where yeah. does all the exhaust from spacecraft go once it's into <laughs> orbit? <laughs> Isn't that? I don't so, know. Do, <laughs> I, 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 that's a good question. Is there an aerospace division over at the yeah, uh, at the campus? I, I, Maybe a physicist can call in. I I I, I don't know. There's got to be some element, yeah. obviously, as you go through the layers of the atmosphere, but. You know, maybe, maybe you know, I, I don't think there is. You know, if there's, if you have to, I'm probably going to go into something way over my head that I shouldn't even yeah, be no, doing no, here. No but if there's intended, no air yeah. up there, maybe there's no exhaust. I'm sure there's space junk. I hear about that, yeah. you know, equipment and metal and all that junk. Yeah. But uh, but uh, that's, I think, beyond the scope of you and I combined, right? That's right. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that's easy to say. All right, uh, Jane is up. All right, hi, Jane. Hi. I have a question for Greg. Um, plus... He's the only weatherman I trust. Well, thank you. But why do hurricanes only hit the East Coast, not the West Coast? Oh, they, hmm. they well, they, they do actually. Uh, technically, they, they do. There are, and we had, I think, two or three of them this past tropical season uh, that actually came in through, uh, if you want to consider, you know, Baja, California, and in remnant form making its way into Arizona, New Mexico, the Southwest. We do, on occasion... Uh, depending on how uh, the California current is laid out, whether it's an El Nino or La Nina year, based on water temperatures and steering currents, we do on occasion get a couple of uh, remnant systems that make their way um, into uh, the desert southwest Baja. But, you know, actual landfall, because those systems are in what we call the subtropical region of the uh, planet, uh, the, the trade winds as well come into account. These are winds that are closer to... Uh, the equator and off the African coast. That's why there's a general nature and movement from, not all the time, but from uh, east to west as opposed to west to east like the um, our latitude plays out with weather systems. So that's why they're more pronounced in the eastern states, the southeastern part of the country, the Gulf Coast versus anything coming in, let's say, through northern and central California and the Pacific Northwest. And those waters are very cold. If there were some odd occurrence you know, uh, I don't think anything would really survive because of the degree of cold that makes its uh, cold water, that is, that makes its way out of the Gulf of Alaska and down across the uh, coastal sections of California and the Pacific Northwest. Okay, okay, thank you. Thank you, Jane. Welcome. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. I think, I think, we, think we found Alan. Hey, uh, Alan, good morning. Yeah, I was in transition from the radio to the phone, and I didn't get you. That's okay. Uh, Greg, uh, I noticed over the weekend I had plenty of time to watch TV this weekend. Okay. Uh, on the Weather Nation, they had a series of storms coming off the West Coast, hitting the West Coast. Is that what we're getting? A lot of it? The West Coast uh, stuff? Uh, 
uh, on the past two, uh, yeah, there have been really, you know, two weather systems. We, we've really split up the steering currents into a northern branch and a southern branch. There was some subtle phasing or merging of those with the weekend system. But the uh, southern branch and that mechanism, that energy did originate out of um, central and southern California through the southwestern states into the southern plains and off east, northeast from there. The same thing, the same disturbance roughly will be doing about the same, uh, situating itself out of um, uh, the foothills of eastern and southeastern Colorado. That's Friday morning and then down towards uh, Little Rock, maybe to the Ozarks on Saturday morning and then east, northeast from there. And again, that's the southern branch phasing with now a stronger, much stronger northern polar branch the jet stream and so we'll get a little more dynamic winding up of this particular weather system but again to answer your question yes at least the moisture source and the actual low on its initial stages is something that's coming across california central and southern california and the desert southwest as we speak right now okay well they make it sound like there's going to be several more storms coming off there uh, in the next few weeks uh, i i think i think we coming? get ne- next week it'll be next week on tuesday it'll be in from uh the north and northwest now by the middle and late parts of next week there are signs of not only <clears throat> uh, another system in the colder northern branch but maybe a little disturbance that's trying to form up uh, into central and southern california the desert southwest that would be probably along the lines of wednesday thursday friday it's out a distance but it's conceivable that could be the next one so i think of the longer range stuff that we had two more between now and the uh, beginning part of February around here before we locked into the cold and disturbances then would take on these clipper features that kind of ride out of the Canadian prairie. They drop into the Midwest, Ohio Valley, and they generate more of these fluffed up, uh, fast-moving, accumulating snow. So the general thinking is, yeah, at least two more originating out of the southern branch of the jet, and then we'll get deeper into this cold air, more pronounced after a little mini warm-up in quotes around here early next week. All right. Uh, One more quick question. Are we going to have a better spring than last year? Um, not necessarily. I don't think we'll have the duration of, of winter and the delayed spring that we had here last year, uh, but anticipating a pretty active remainder of winter, you know, uh, uh, once again, a delayed arrival of spring, uh, but it should be, you know, a quicker turnaround and at least in getting some semblance, some thought of field work going. Uh, but I think we're going to be in line uh, early spring for some delays and uh, not much quick access out there, a better mid uh, spring and then later spring, early summer, if we get into a La Nina, we could maybe revert back into a wetter and stormier cycle. So, um, again, I think early planning, early field work, probably not in the vocabulary, but not the duration that we had last year. All right. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Alan. You're welcome. All right, good stuff from Greg Solier. The news is next with Michael Kaiser. Back with Greg. Some more emails have come in. We'll get to those after the news. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Ron Penny, for your thoughts today, we're talking a little weather here with Greg Solier, our staff meteorologist. You hear him here throughout the day on DWS, our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, online. Still doing the television show, right? Yeah, this week in agribusiness with uh, Max and uh, the Big O, who's still on a winter holiday break. Uh, welcome uh, aboard once in a while, Steve Bridge. 
who helps out uh, co-anchoring. Uh, Chad Colby, our tech uh, guy, everything under the sun, tech and ag-oriented. The two combined, he knows it. He tells about it um, in, a, in, a, in a great way. And uh, Mike Adams, uh, who has a nice little radio operation going as well, uh, will jump into the uh, fray once in a while. So a nice uh, a nice bench to come on, on and help out Max and Orion when they need a little time off, particularly the big O these days. And we see in the News Gazette, too, right? With, with Oh, myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah we do a little, yeah, a little do a little uh, weather uh, blog in there, the forecast as well, and uh, occasional uh, article that uh, the guys and ladies will call in and chat about. So, yeah, nice to have a nice uh, uh, operation, working operation with those folks on the other side of the building as well. All right, uh, some questions, more travel questions. Uh, let's see okay. here. Uh, how about driving to Indianapolis early Sunday morning for a flight to New York City at seven thirty a.m. That ain't so. going to happen. Okay. So, so I mean, I... you could probably try it. You could probably, it's up to you. I wouldn't recommend it. And I don't think, I don't know what exactly, probably from an equipment standpoint or cruise timing out, you know, weather will be probably in some general sense of improvement. Uh, but that whole corridor from Kansas City to here across central uh, Illinois, uh, as far north as maybe Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis, Columbus, and to the mid-Atlantic and the northeastern states are going to have to be swapping equipment and planning crews out and probably getting things positioned uh, to ward things off. So y- you could probably try it. That's up to you. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't certainly think that things are going to be running on a on a normal schedule, even on a quiet Sunday getting out there. Hopefully yeah. I'm wrong, but yeah. you know I, I don't think that's going to be a good way to go. And again, you're just giving advice. It's ultimately up to that's uh, right. The you know the listener. If that's they, right. But uh, the listener that's... and 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 the, and the aviation your your right. flight uh, operation out there Correct. towards uh, you know it's well advertised. I'm sure they're going to try everything they can to stay ahead of it. But you know sometimes you just can't keep up with pieces of equipment and crews timing out waiting out this particular element of a storm here and there. Trust me, I've got experience and running into that same problem flying around so uh, yeah so I, I i don't think it's going to be a real good go on sunday uh out of here towards indian and probably trying to fly out as well right uh how about my personal opinion yes how about uh driving champagne to chicago leaving friday about four uh, on returning um, sunday late afternoon should i be concerned about whiteout or ice on the interstate uh you know we'll see how the, i'm sure there's going to be the residual effects of some blowing and drifting snow uh, Sunday, Friday looks okay if you're going to take the I-57 run outside of maybe some rural streets or residential streets, less traveled areas. I, I think that's okay coming back Sunday afternoon. Probably better. Uh, I would think that they'll be getting caught up uh, with uh, snow removal on I-57. Probably still some element of blowing and drifting. Uh, but if you had to peg those two you know, departure and return times from this vantage point, not bad, not mm-hmm. bad. The Friday thing looks better, you know, just to see how things are. That's going to be up to you. Uh, but a general improvement and the opportunity to get caught up would be the story, I would think, on the uh, travel scene for Sunday. All right, 356-9397 is our phone number, and you can text us, 3515-357. Big winter storm coming this weekend. We'll have a little uh, freezing rain drizzle over the next uh, two to three days with temperatures, uh, as Greg says, right around the freezing point or a little above at times. So just be careful with everything there. Um, and yeah, that, with, that, that Thursday that Thursday thing I think is going to have a little more, it's not a storm per se, but it may have a little more you know, coverage 
um, uh, compared to the stuff that's in the air this morning. Uh, I think there will be a little more discernible, you know, uh, amount of both rain, snow, and some freezing rain and sleet from time to time back and forth. So that on that Thursday day, that's why we, we have pegged Friday as a better travel day around. Thursday might be a little bit touchy, uh, maybe a little more so than we have this morning out there. Okay, back to the phones for Greg Solier. Paul, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Uh, yeah, Brian, uh, it's nice to hear you on the radio, uh, fellow Toronto person. Oh, well, thank uh, you. Also, uh, uh, Greg, it's, it's great to hear your forecast. The way you present them is, is uh, entertaining as well as informative. Thank you. Uh, thank I you. Do have, a, do have another question. Uh, our daughter and granddaughter are going to be going down to Nashville, Tennessee. I think they're going to be uh, leaving Friday by, by car. Uh, going south, will that be much of a problem? And returning back uh, on Monday? Perfect, perfect. Uh, you know, outside of, again, uh, a rural route, uh, residential area, maybe something that's not completely thoroughly treated. Uh, Friday from Champaign to Nashville, uh, the better way to go would think there's maybe a little bit of leftover uh, spot of moisture, but well uh, before your arrival time down there in Nashville. And then, uh, yeah, showers, uh, probably a, a little bit of uh, sleet and snow, maybe some freezing rain to the north of Nashville, then quickly into a couple of outbreaks of showers and thunderstorms down there. They may not be too far from maybe some severe weather uh, there or southward on Saturday, back into the cold air, snow showers on Sunday, and then, yeah, nothing but bitter cold, high pressure. They could be down in the single digits at Nashville uh, Monday morning. We'll be down below zero here in uh, East Central Illinois Monday morning, but there's high pressure, uh, light winds, and I would think that by Monday, outside of, again, less traveled areas, I think the main routes ought to be in relatively good order from Nashville back north towards Champaign. Well, the, the good thing is it's uh, practically all interstate from our house. Uh, good, so, good, yeah. So, so you've picked really the the right time, the right times to go down and come on back. Yeah. I'm, okay, I, that sounds great. My daughter's originally from Nashville, so all of her friends down there are going to be chattering teeth. <laughs> well, I've got <laughs> yes, I've got it a, will uh, be cold, so I've, be I've, ready for that. I've got a daughter who's a senior down there at Belmont in Nashville, so I've made that uh, that interstate trek pretty frequently. So. Uh huh. I know all about it. Thank you it. very much. Hey, Paul, go Rockets, okay? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. Appreciate it. Paul. The with Belmont us, uh, Rockets, huh? Go, go Rockets. Unity Rockets. Oh. Yeah, Belmont, oh, Belmont okay. Bruins. But Oh, yeah. all right. See how little I know? <laughs> that's why you do sports, I do weather. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, that's good. Yeah, that's important to keep that straight. So. Yes, exactly. The, the uh, Bruins of Belmont, by the way, beat the Bruins of UCLA earlier this year. Really? Uh, football that? or basketball? Uh, basketball. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so, that put them on the yeah. uh, put the Belmont folks yeah. on the map. I'm sure. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> you can you can use that sometime. Uh, Ken, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning. Uh, I think it was last year we were at Aruba and we were looking up. People were looking up, and there's a sun halo. The first time. What are they? <laughs> it was it was like noon or so, and up. Straight up in the sky, there was like a halo around the sun. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think sometimes you you do get that under the right uh, type of uh, what we call cirrus or very thin uh, cirrostratus clouds that uh, the suspended ice crystals sort of act like little prisms. 
And so uh, on, on, depending on the sun angle and your orientation looking, although you shouldn't really be looking directly at the sun. Uh, yeah, it, it was can, hard to look. It was hard yeah, to Yeah, I would imagine, yeah. Dry. Yeah. But you can you get that same you will get that with there's a, just a suspended high level uh, relatively thin cirrus stratus up there same effect happens at night when you've got a respectable moon a full moon or close to a full moon you can get sometimes um, get the same effect out there now, Orion oh, really? used to oh. or, or, you know, Orion has a saying I don't know how, there's if you see the halo and it's capped somehow largely over the moon that means no rain. No, wait a minute. That uh, there's something to do with rain and that halo effect with regard to the moon. Sort of um, uh, fo- weather folklore that Orion remembers. I'll, I'll have to ask him about it. But um, but, uh, but yeah, that's the effect. That, that's the effect that goes on. Be high in the sky. High in the sky. Uh, I believe that there's have to you have to have some sense of uh, you know elevation to whether it's the sun or the yeah. moon to have that that circular effect yeah. out there. Is my understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. They do uh, uh, tornadoes and hurricanes. Do they rotate different in which hemisphere you're in? At least, at uh, least, well, uh, hurricanes are their orientation, their movement uh, varies depending on whether you're out there in the Pacific or the Atlantic basin uh, or Indian Ocean area, where you get into the monsoon setup around there. But all have a counterclockwise spin in this particular part. Of the uh, of the hemisphere, uh, it, in some sense of you know rotation, everything has rotation to it. Whether it's a larger scale, macro scale, synoptic scale, or micro scale, kind of the different sizes to these weather systems, but they all do have rotation. Yes. So it can go either way then out here. Uh, in, in this in this latitude, it would be counterclockwise. Counterclockwise. Okay. Hmm. All right. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Hey, thanks for the call, Ken. Some more uh, emails have come in. We'll get to those with Greg Solier. And your phone calls right after this. Time out. And the uh, men play tomorrow night, of course, against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. It's Dave Lone's favorite team, Minnesota. He doesn't like Gophers. But uh, anyway, uh, 356-9397 is our phone number. He calls them varmints, I think. Uh, we're with Greg Solier, our uh, meteorologist. Uh, real quick, Greg, uh, the uh, basketball team's headed to Iowa City. Mm-hmm. I think we're leaving on Saturday. I mean, Ooh. I wonder if uh, Ooh. by by bus or air. Well, it's uh, well both. We're flying to uh-huh. Cedar Rapids and busing to Iowa City. So yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I know about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I I, I leave I earlier see, maybe. I don't. Uh, yeah, if you yeah. can get out Friday, okay. I don't know how. I don't know how it takes what it takes to get you know travel plans like that arranged. Yeah. I don't think Saturday's going to happen, getting out of uh, Willard, whether it's by plane or getting out of a Champagne by car or bus. I think okay. it's just going to be too much. So right, we'll see. If you, why don't you, let you, why don't you well, talk to the powers that be yeah, and we'll, see what you can do out there? We'll see, we'll see what happens. All right. There you go. Uh, hey, Greg, we've got about, let's see, it's 9.53. We've got about six, seven minutes left here. Okay. Uh, Greg's, uh, we recently moved closer to Bloomington Normal Area and have noticed a difference in the weather. Does the topography of the area between here and there uh, make a big difference. Um, well, you know, there, 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 are, there are some locales, and, and you know, this, this is probably for someone who likes to do these little microclimate studies. That you know, the, the there's a fair amount of wind turbine uh, 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 implementation out there. Uh, uh, so uh, there could be some local nuances. We we can see when those things are spinning when we set up an inversion. We can actually see where some of those are are stationed. There's also traditionally, at least in some of the 
coldest of days. There are a couple of uh, low cold spots, as we tend to call them, in McLean County, uh, where sometimes they are off the charts with cold. So I think there's a little more uh, elevation involved as you get to Bloomington Normal compared to here in, uh, in Champaign County. Uh, and again, some spots out towards uh, the, the eastern and southeastern part of McLean County, uh, a little bit colder. We tend to get uh, some, some, I don't want to say goofy, but off the mean uh, cold uh, weather reports out there on occasion. So there may be some impact, some elevation issues, and it'll be interesting to see what how temperatures react uh, when you have those uh, those uh, wind turbine uh, towers going full tilt out that mm-hmm. way. So that's that's a good question. Very All good right. Question. Uh, on various, another email from Robert, he says, on various TV and radio stations, the person giving the weather info is described as a meteorologist. Is that just mm-hmm. a designation given by the employer, or is that a professional designation earned by education and training like that of a CPA or attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that, that's, a, that's a touchy point for, for me. I'm old school. If you're a meteorologist, you got a degree in it. Or, or, or uh, you have substantial military experience. So there are a couple of guys that worked in the Air Force, were in the Air Force for a number of years, a bunch of years, you know, moved out of the Air Force and went to work for Earl in the private sector, who you know maybe not necessarily didn't have a, a bachelor or master's or PhD in meteorology, but I tell you, they knew their beans, and I learned a lot from these guys as well. So my mindset, Air Force forecasting, military forecasting, uh, or degree. Now, you can get a certificate at some universities or... You know, a lot of stations sometimes will just portray that weather, you know, anchor as a meteorologist. I'm old school. I'm more traditional education or military experience. And I've heard it's some designated as a weather caster or a weather, yeah. you know, you know, that, you know, as opposed I, to the official designation. Right. I actually worked when I first got out of school, worked uh, off camera at Channel 7 here in Chicago. And Steve Deschler, who was an anchor, weather anchor, he said, I'm an English major. I'm not a science guy. He just happened to do and portray weather and to talk about weather very nicely in front of the camera. And that's why we had uh, myself, another guy, Tom Bobula, another uh, NIU grad, who worked uh, off-camera putting his forecast uh, together. And so uh, you don't see that anymore. Uh, that's a bygone era. But there are some who say, hey, I'm here to just present the weather, and, and that's it. I'm not a meteorologist. I'm fine with that. The station's fine with that. The, uh, the audience and the ratings are certainly okay with that. Mm-hmm. It's a very unique setup when you see that from time to time. Uh, Dave Letterman did the weather, and so did uh, Pat Sajak at one time. So that's that, that's where, so that's I guess where I'm I'm grouped in. <laughs> no 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 no. I just, you know, wheel of fortune person <laughs> and, and and a retired late no, night I, host. So. I just say they were good on their feet ad libbing and they turned you know they left doing presenting weather. I don't think they were meteorologists, but they went on and used that skill of on being on TV and and yourself talking right. ad libbing. Uh, to you know, that, that personality, good yeah, personality, sure. That's, that, that personality effect. So if you've got the personality and you're comfortable and and you're you know stable in what you're talking about, you know the the, the science of it all, then 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 so be it. So all right, couple of quick travel uh, here. A caller ass off air going to Springfield, Missouri, coming back to St. Louis Saturday. Is that safe? No, no. no. Okay. Next question. Okay, <laughs> would you drive to Gatl- no. <laughs> Would you drive to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, on Friday and come back Sunday? Uh, yeah, that, that, I, that's still uh, that's okay. I, I, you know, keep an eye on, on higher elevation as you get into the um, in the uh, Smokies out there. And when did when did they want to come back again? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, uh, I think it was similar to the Nashville that, Traveler. Yeah, I would wait till maybe Sunday evening or even oh. into Monday. This is like the old Wally Phillips show. Remember that on on, on the. <laughs> You know, when people would call in and say, I'm traveling, they'd be talking, you know, and he'd yeah. get everyone else squared away across the Midwest. So back to you, Wally. Okay, we got less than a minute here. Let's go to uh, Dale with our last question. Hey, Dale, go ahead. Yes, good morning, guys. I was in a meeting. I didn't get to see, uh, hear all your show, but 
uh, we're supposed to be traveling to St. Louis on um, Sunday, uh, early morning, and coming back late in the afternoon. What's it? What's it look like between here and St. Louis? Uh, snow covered, still some snow flying. I'm not sure what the interstate runs are going to be like. Uh, I would think it's 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 the later into the day you go and come back, probably better. But uh, I would think from this vantage point, if you at best, it's going to be up to you to to call it and go. But would not anticipate. Uh, you know, being able to go with the posted limit down that direction. Okay. So is this storm supposed to hit Friday? Uh, no, we're good. We're good Friday. It's late, late overnight Friday night, more likely building during Saturday, Saturday night into Sunday morning okay. around here. Friday daylight hours itself look to be pretty good. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You guys, uh, you, it's uh, good, good service here you're doing. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Dale. Thank you. Yep, Appreciate good. it. Yep. Great to hear from you. All right. Feel like a judge a little bit. Yes. No. Go, go, don't go, you know. No, but that's... Punt. That's, punt. <laughs> punt the ball, yeah. No, that's good information. We appreciate you uh, taking the time, Greg. And, uh, again, people can listen for you and, you know, get updated on all of this as we uh, follow it this weekend, uh, both here on our sister station and online and on TV. So uh, we'll look for yeah, all your work. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep, you keep you covered on all directions and uh, might even turn up Saturday morning as well. We did that last uh, last week, so we'll maybe get you updated Saturday morning. We'll talk with Mr. Lewis and company and see how we uh, play that out. But uh, here at uh, Finkel used to say here, to protect and serve. That's right. Hey, Greg, great work. Thank you. We appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. All right. That is uh, meteorologist Greg Solgay, and the news is next. DWS Champaign-Urbana at 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now... Here's Brian Barnhart. Welcome back to uh, Penny for Your Thoughts, hour number two here in downtown Champaign. Glad you're with us. 27 degrees at 1012. Appreciate Greg Solgay being on with us for that first hour open line time at this hour. And among the uh, things we'll talk about, the new governor, J.B. Pritzker, now in charge, historic margins for the Democrats in the Illinois House and Senate. Some of the majorities uh, that they've got, the size of the majority, uh, the biggest since the 1930s in one case. Uh, U of I President Tim Colleen encouraged by the governor's stance on the school-led Discovery Partners Institute. There was some talk yesterday about a progressive income tax. You may have heard that in the local news. Uh, also uh, locally, uh, Sharice Hersey, the daughter of Paul Hersey, was the first African-American elected to that governmental body the, in Urbana. Uh, she was uh, appointed last night by the mayor, Diane Marlin. Several candidates for that. Fights are down, they say, at the Urbana High School and Middle Schools. You just heard that news report. And the Clark Park neighborhood discussion moves to the Champaign City Council tonight. Those some of the topics up for discussion here today or if there's another one you want to bring up you can certainly do that uh, carol channing passed away at the age of 97 broadway legend and uh, had a texter earlier talking about a little basketball action last night yes duke did get beat number one goes down at home to that zone of syracuse high scoring game though 
But uh, Duke loses at home. Indiana loses at home. That's too bad, isn't it? Indiana got beat at home <laughs> by 15 by Nebraska. Nebraska, I don't know if there's a better starting five in the Big Ten than Nebraska. Now, their bench is a little thin. But as far as a complete starting five unit, maybe this side of Michigan, they're pretty good. Kansas almost got beat. That game uh, was close to going to overtime. But uh, Kansas and Bill Self, they hold off Texas last night in Shaka Smart. Maryland had a 21-point lead on Wisconsin and almost gave it away. In fact, they gave up the lead late. But Maryland won. So big win for the Terrapins. And uh, the Illini men play tomorrow night at 8 against Minnesota's Golden Gophers. Open line time this hour. We'll talk a little bit about Carol Channing in the second half hour. But back to the phones here to Anna Wall. Hey, Anna Wall, how are you? I feel fine, and you'll be surprised, even though I am a Republican. I am very impressed positively by the new governor we're about to have. After hearing his speech the other night, I was reminded of what I was taught in Tennessee in the all-black segregated schools. It ain't your colors, your kind. So I'm saying that even though he is a Republican, I mean a Democrat, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and I'm a Republican, it, it that has nothing to do with it. I'm very impressed by this gentleman. Mm. And I hope that a lot of my people heard his speech the other night. Because that is what impressed me. Well, I think that uh, he'll start, I think, uh, you know, with a bit of a honeymoon period because I think people were pretty divided even among themselves on the Republican side with Governor Rauner. And I think, uh, just, just, yeah, just just in comparison, I think uh, out of the gate, I think, you know, depending on how it goes from here, but I think a lot of people think he'll, you know, be well liked at the beginning, just and maybe just because he's different, you know. Well, if they, as I said, it ain't the colors you can. Mm-hmm. It ain't the name of the party is what you do. Yeah, it's like you liked and what I'm you heard, though. Very impressed yeah. with his speech, though. Yeah. Hey, Anna Wall, I was going to ask you about uh, the Urbana City Council with, um, of course, there was Paul Hersey, but now his daughter, Sharice. I don't know if you know them at all or not, but. Um... Yeah, well, I haven't, I must admit. Pay too much attention to that. Mm-hmm. Is she a Republican or a Democrat? Well, she's a Democrat, but appointed uh, to the Urbana City Council last night. I didn't know if you'd run across her uh, her father, Paul, who was the uh, first African-American well, elected. Pa- back well, then. Yeah, I know a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, So I'll have to start looking at that. Yeah. Well, just wonder what you Thanks thought. But, telling but, me. but thank you, Anna Wall. Okay, bye. Yep, great to hear from you. And um, I think, I don't know if, I'm sure it's a similar family. I know we used to compete against uh, some Hersey's, uh, Darren Hersey, I think, and others in the uh, the old punt, pass, and kick competition back a long time ago east of the Memorial Stadium. I'm assuming that's all from the uh, the same family. But, yeah, he was, he was, Eric was pretty good at that, too. So, anyway, um, if it's the same family, I assume it is. Anyway, uh, 356-9397. Uh, 
is the phone number. So Anna Wall pleased with what she's hearing from the new governor, J.B. Pritzker. He announced in his inaugural address Monday, yesterday, that you heard here on DWS, he'll make Illinois a member of the U.S. Climate Alliance. Uh, the other goals uh, Pritzker laid out were well-known. He pledged an effort to change the state constitution, allow a progressive income tax system that forces the wealthy to pay a greater percentage. He promised a capital construction plan to modernize travel and reduce communities, uh, commutes, excuse me, uh, reduce commutes, and says he'll propose a gradual increase in the minimum wage to $15. Uh, the governor said the history of Illinois is a story of leaps forward and occasional stumbles back, but that change depends on what we can do together. And he says everything in the state, uh, not everything, is broken. And that state government is not the enemy. Several uh, Democratic chief executives taking over in recent weeks. Out in uh, Kansas, Laura Kelly sworn in as the governor of Kansas, Democratic governor of Kansas. Democrats also turned over governor's offices in Maine, Michigan, Nevada, and New Mexico. And, of course, Governor Scott Walker, a national conservative figure ousted by Tony Evers after two terms. The uh, gubernatorial offices around the country, uh, 23 states held by the Democrats, 27 for the Republicans. The uh, GOP lost seven gubernatorial seats to Democrats but claimed the Alaskan governorship. So that's the, the news on the uh, governor front. Three five six nine three nine seven is our uh, phone number, and back to the phones we go to Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you doing I'm today? doing well. Trying to stay warm. I, <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> uh, I, I'll, uh, I'll admit that uh, I did not listen to the new governor's speech yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a quick comment on that. I kind of got burnt out on all this election when I kept getting nonstop text messages from his group, wanting money emails all the time, mailings all the time, and I guess I'm just frustrated, and this goes for both parties, why do we have to be millionaires to get elected to any public office anymore? What happened to the good common sense person having a chance to, to become elected without being filthy rich with money? Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, I know Jim Dye, Tom Kasich, uh, different guys. Jim Nolan, I think, and others have kind of written about what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's. It's. I don't know. I guess that's the world we live in now. But really, I. I don't think it uh, makes any difference. Republican, Independent, Democrat, whoever the governor is, nothing happens without Governor Madigan take, letting them do it. Yeah. There's a lot of people agree with you on that. Yeah, well, that's that's. Uh, I think that's been proven out. That this state runs with what he wants done, and I think that that's another very frustrating. I think term limits are are a must for every level of government to get fresh people in there and a chance for new visions. That's just just my opinion. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think fresh turning it over once in a while would be a good idea. But uh, the issue is you have to get the people that are in power to vote that on themselves. And, I know, and, and, that, and that's hard and to we, do. <laughs> we both know that's never going to happen. <laughs> they they love that they love that cushy lifestyle. Well, they do a lot of but work too. Damn. But yeah, it's uh, you know it's a you know if you can uh, be an incumbent, it's hard to hard to lose. So, 
it, it very, very much is. All right, well, just an opinion. Uh, have a great day. Hey, thank you, Mike. All right. Appreciate you, your opinion. 356-9397 is our uh, phone number. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. I think I read, I think I'm right about this, I think Governor Rauner paid for a lot of the renovations of the governor's mansion out of his own pocket, I think. So you've got two guys who are very, very wealthy. I think Pritzker is the wealthier of the two. And his family has, you know, built their money up over time. I mean, it's been a long time. Pritzker family has been heavily involved, of course, in Chicago and so forth. I think I read to Pritzker, as far as money, is worth even more than Trump. I mean, Trump has some wild up-and-down swings financially in his years as a developer. You know, some spectacular successes and some spectacular fails. Uh, Pritzker, I think, money has been a little more steady over time in that family I'm talking about. Question on the uh, text line says, how is the new governor's inauguration celebration party funded? I don't know how that happens, but I, I'm guessing the parties or somebody pays for that. I, I, I would doubt if that's taxpayer funded, but maybe it is. I don't know. That's a good question. I'll have to ask somebody about that, a K, Tom Kasich or someone. Uh, Jim dies on tomorrow. He might know that. Uh, back to the phones to Mark. Good morning to Mark. Good morning, Brian. Hey, as impressed as Anawald is, I'm depressed. Oh, yeah? My, pe- my people are depressed. And it has nothing to do with color here. It has to do with ideology. That man flat stated he's all behind climate change and the legal regulations that are going to come forth through that are going to tax us to death in this state. My parents are from Northern California. I've flown into Frisco so many times and driven up one and 101, and it used to be a pristine trip. Now we all know about San Francisco with people defecating all over the streets, being a sanctuary state that it is. Now we're a sanctuary state. We're California to be. And... It's just amazing that anybody takes a speech for face value. I remember what Obama said, how he was just everybody. Hello? Still there, Mark? I don't know. He dropped out. In between cell towers somewhere, maybe. All right. uh, Another uh, emailer, or texter, I guess, on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357 says, kind of in that same vein as Mark was going, the new governor of Illinois is tripling down on the tax and spend policies that have bankrupt Illinois, New York, California, and other Democratic states. More people will leave. Can't Pritzker and Madigan see their policies have been a disaster in comparison to neighboring red states? I assume he's talking about Indiana and so forth. Anna Wall, I'm sorry, but you're being fooled by a speech that is really a forecast of disaster. So I think that's kind of where uh, where Mark was headed. All right, um, let's see here. What is it, 1025, a quick break. Back with more callers, emails, and texters after this. Back on Penny for your thoughts, Newstalk 1400-DWS. We'll talk about Carol Channing a little bit here after the news at, uh, what is it now, 1027. Let's go to Stan. Good morning, Stan. Good morning, Brian. How are you? So, oh, you know me. I'm just happy as a lark out here. Of course. <laughs> or, or a clam, whichever one. 
no, no, no. Clams aren't happy because oh. they got their mouths shut. <laughs> anyway, uh, more proof, evidence, whatever you want to call it, about how the corporate media is conservative, not liberal. I've, I, since uh, Trump nominated Barr to be his new attorney general, I have not heard ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, MSNBC, none of the major networks have pointed out to people that Barr was attorney general under Bush 41. He was questioned about that this morning at the hearings, but his answers, of course, were lies uh, from a Republican. Surprise, surprise. Do you remember the Barr attorney generalship under Bush 41? Was it Bush 41 or 43? 41. 41. I don't remember much about it other than I knew when his name came up for the job this time, I knew who he was. I mean, I'd, okay. I'd seen him before. But. Under Bush 41, the um, congressional investigations into the Iran-Contra affair were still underway. And... Bush 41 had kept personal diaries about his interactions with the defendants or the people accused of being involved in the Iran-Contra affair. And William Barr told him that he wanted to exert executive privilege to prevent the uh, Congress from getting his personal diaries because that was the smoking gun of its day. And so when Barr became the attorney general, he was the one that told Bush 41 that all he had to do, <coughs> excuse me, was to go ahead and pardon everybody involved in the Iran-Contra affair. That would kill the investigation because they wouldn't need that information for investigating these criminals. And, of course, Bush 41 did that. <coughs> The investigation into the Iran-Contra affair did indeed die under Barr's tutelage. And now we have Donald Trump that wants to end the investigation of Robert Mueller, and he wants a hatchet man to uh, go in there and end the investigation. And that's why he's chosen somebody with experience in doing that, hmm. William Barr. Hmm. And you haven't heard that on any of the major networks. Well, I'll do some research on it. I had not heard that, so okay. I know. Thank, yep. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I'm just looking at William Barr's uh, U.S. Attorney General, 1991 to 1993, uh, and just all the different things he was involved with. So, yeah, you can you can read on, uh, and I'm looking for the particular story that uh, Stan was talking about. I haven't been able to find it yet, but I was just kind of scrolling through. Uh, all the different things he was involved with. So anyway, I have to kind of look at that and uh, see where he found that. All right, uh, we've got the news here with Michael Kaiser. We'll talk some more open line. We will have a little bit of a talk here about Carol Channing, who passed away at the age of 97, Broadway legend. Back after this with the news with Michael. Back on Penny for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop, one of our sponsors. When you walk in, you want to get the best sleep ever, and the Reveal Machine helps with that. It's uh, 1,664 to be exact. Built-in sensors that yield an on-screen pressure point analysis. 
that helps visualize your sleep comfort needs. In just minutes, mattress shoppers can understand their personal sleep uh, position, get recommendations, literally try out the bed of their dreams. They've got beds galore in there you can try. They've got the great wall of pillows specifically designed for side sleepers, back or stomach sleepers, those with certain physical needs, all designed to add comfort to sleep. So, again, the idea, their motto is your best sleep ever. And our man Mike Namoff is located there in the Country Fair Shopping Center. You can check that out right next to This Is It Furniture. They're all right there uh, neighborly, right there together under one roof. Mattress change is a wonderful thing. New pillow can make a big difference in sleep quality. They've got high-quality luxury bedding. Uh, Tensil, for example, an amazing brand of bedding that wicks moisture away from the skin and keeps sleepers comfortable. They also have 100% Egyptian cotton that is hand-finished and tailored by Italian artisans. French linen made from flax gown in France. Portuguese flannel. Cotton blends. I mean, you're talking about really high-end stuff that will make a huge difference in your ability to get your best sleep ever, as they say. Talk to our man, Big Mike Namoff. He's big in town. Everybody knows him. He's been around our community, benefiting charities and other organizations, and now wants you to get your best sleep ever. Get it at Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop. All right, 1039, uh, let's go to Doug here before break. Hi, Doug, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Another cold, cold rainy day. Oh, yes. I take the rain I take the rain over the snow. but <laughs> Yeah, well, it's icy out there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, 29 years ago tomorrow, we began uh, the air war for Operation Desert Storm. That's right. And at that time, as you know, and you've got all the documentation, we knew Iraq had all the chemical and biological weapons because, as you know, the U.S. Army shipped them to them to use on the Iranians and the Iraqi Kurds. The other part, as you're totally aware, and everything, the majority of those that were killed and wounded during Desert Storm were probably fired from the use of radioactive, radioactive depleted uranium munitions fired by the Abrams tanks the 60 tank of the Air 10 Warthog aircraft. Over Christmas in the last few weeks, I got contacted by the members of 144th that worked for me directly, and you've got the documentation. When we cleaned up all the friendly fire, destroyed Abrams and friendly tanks, and they all got sick. I found out more of the guys have died, and the rest of them still can't get medical care. Uh, the medical care problems here locally at Danville have never never got out of control, as you know, and you have the Carol has a documentation, and I found it again the other day trying to help the 144th. We had two local community members, John Sitton and Jim Rungi, who died or were denied care at Danville who got exposed. And now we got more of the guys that are still getting sick and they can't get care. And the suicide rate has skyrocketed. We had more guys commit suicide on Christmas that we tried to help. We couldn't help. And uh, it's all broken. And, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum. I don't know how to fix it. We've gone to Congress. We've gone to the senators in our community. They won't help us. And the VA, they just simply refuse to even teach their staff what's happening, as verified in the town hall meeting at Danville a couple weeks ago. Mm. Uh, I don't know. We've got to ask for help. We need help. And I don't even know where else to turn. You know, you and I and Jim Turpin and going way back, Mm-hmm. Carol Burrell, it helped yeah, us a lot. Try sure. to talk and get the information out, but it just doesn't change. Yeah. Well, uh, I just tell you to keep plugging at it. I think I don't. I don't know what um, what else to tell you, but I know you've been very passionate about this for a long time. So, you know, I was half to finish it up. And the, the scary thing about it, yesterday we had a chemical spill of nitrobenzene at the U of I in the Beckman Institute. Yeah, I saw that. And everything, I was called immediately. Not by the police or the fire, but other ones. It was clear as everything I've heard and talked to, they screwed it up beyond imagination. 
They didn't follow any of the guidelines that were developed. And as you know, and you've got the documentation, all of the stuff we developed was developed under U of I police chief Paul Dowens, former Sheriff Joe Brown, and Army Colonel Sims Anderson right here at the U of I. Hmm. And it seems like the lessons learned are all forgot and the responses get bad. And one of these days we're going to have a disaster beyond imagination and nobody's going to be ready to do anything because all the knowledge and skills that were there have been thrown away. Yeah. I hey, know the new UI police chief, Craig, and I know I remember his last name, has it and knows all about it, mm-hmm. but again, they're not using it. Hey, Doug, i got to run, but thank you, sir. Take care, I Brian. appreciate it. All right, uh, back in a moment here with more. We'll talk a little Carol Channing after this. And maybe quite continental, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. A kiss may be grand, but it won't pay the rental on your humble flat. Or help you at the automat. Men grow cold as girls grow old, and we all lose our charms in the end. But square cut or pear shape, these rocks don't lose their shape. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Well, the great uh, Carol Channing passed away at the age of 97, of course, a star on Broadway. And speaking of a star on Broadway, Peter Palmer is with us. How are you, Peter? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Wait, you're out in Newfoundland? Is that what you told me? What's that? You're out in Newfoundland, you said. I'm up in St. John's, Newfoundland, visiting my my wife's family and with my daughter, our daughter. Nico and uh, yeah, I'm up here and I got up a lot of calls today about Carol and uh, brings back a lot of memories. She was a iconic woman. That's for yeah, well, that's, atomic woman. That's for sure. Peter Palmer, of course, former line. I played on a couple of Big Ten football champions and played in the Rose Bowl and of course on stage, Little Abner and the great career you had. Now you you were on Broadway with Carol Channing, right? Yeah, that's right. I've known her socially before uh, uh, I started working with her. I was down in uh, in uh, Adla- uh, Atlanta, uh, July Fourth, and she was the parade marshal for the July Fourth parade. I was in the parade, and she came in to see my wife and I. We were doing a nightclub thing, and she came in and she asked me if I wanted to be her leading man. Uh, in the uh, Lorelei, the the offshoot of uh, gentlemen prefer blondes. Of course, I said yes. <laughs> I knew her socially, and and uh, yeah, she was a very special lady, and uh, uh, she was great to work with for both my wife and I. So, how many uh, productions did you do with her? Just the one, okay. and uh, I was on a lot of talk shows with her before. And of course, during the show, but I was—I—I uh, I have to say, I—I I thought I was five years younger than she is, but I'm ten years younger than <laughs> she is. <laughs> and uh, she was the energetic bunny, as it were. Peter Palmer and, is uh, with us. Go ahead, Peter. Well, she—she she was a wonderful gal to work with, but she—she—she she, she cracked the whip. I'll tell you that she—she uh, she was one of those uh, people that the show was all of her life. She was married to Charlie, and and, uh, Charlie was more of her manager than a husband, I think. 
and uh, and of course you had to go through everything with him to get to her. Of course I didn't because I was her le- her leading man, <laughs> and we were on uh, Broadway at the St. James for uh, oh gosh, uh, let's see how many I think a uh, two hundred and eighty performances of uh, Lorelei, mm. and then we were out on the road for a year before that, so. It came up to around 360 hearing her sing, uh, hearing her sing uh, uh, "Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend." <laughs> Peter Palmer with I us mean, for a few <laughs> minutes. Yeah, what? Yeah. What? What do you think? Why does she connect so well with audiences? You know, uh, I have to say this, and a lot of people don't know this that that when you do connect with an audience and and i and it's very seldom it, it's happened to me it's happened to me when i was with my wife but you walk into an aura that's around her she has a connection and i swear it's electrical and you could feel it her uh her audience appeal and and uh, her the connection that she had with an audience they loved her. They just loved her. And more than any, uh, uh, well, except for my wife, I have to say, Aniko, but she, uh, very seldom did I feel that with leading ladies. Hmm. She had a very distinct voice. I mean, it really stood out. Yes, she did. And everybody asked me, uh, is, you know, is that put on? I only once heard her get off that, and that uh, was my wife and I uh, were uh, late getting out of the theater uh, between shows, and she was arguing with somebody on the phone, and I didn't hear the accent. That's the only time in my entire life I ever, I ever heard her not use it, or if she, if it was, I couldn't tell you if it was or wasn't. I remember coming out of the stage one day, and this little boy probably six or seven, said to her, why do you talk so funny? And she said, it's my bread and butter. <laughs> well, she, uh, as, as I said, she came across, was she that, I mean, uh, in person, uh, was what audiences saw, who she was? She was exactly off stage as she was on stage. Hmm. That's just exactly, you're right. She was... Uh, that persona was was uh, whenever she talked to to uh, groups, which she did a lot, and I was with her a lot. And uh, uh, yeah, she she uh, she connected, boy. I tell you, like uh, when I was with her, it was late in her career, of course. It was uh, seventy three, and uh, she that I think that was the last thing she did uh, a lot of shows on Broadway was Lorelei. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she she carried that through wherever she went. Uh, I got to tell you that. Mm. Before I let you go, will, go ahead. And I, uh, when Charlie, Charlie, I think was doing some dubious stuff with her money. That's her husband. And uh, of course, I followed her. You know, after we uh, we closed the show, of course. But I read an article she that she gave about him. Because he had hid a lot of her money, and I guess he he was running off with somebody. And she said, "I had sex with him once, and it was awful." <laughs> wow! I'll never. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, she, it, uh, he really was just her manager, but he used to sit in the audience as a shill. She, uh, I don't know if you know that word. It's, it's and, and laugh at all the jokes, start mm. the laughs at all the jokes. In other words, he had his own clock back, you know, in the audience. And one night he must have fallen asleep, but she, uh, he woke up and started laughing very loud. And, uh, he was in a place there was no laugh, and she turned to me on stage and said, "That wasn't funny." <laughs> <laughs> wow. But one night she went up, and it was really. Uh, I used to carry uh, uh, the diamonds, uh, a bracelet, a couple of bracelets, so one to give to her and one in case I forgot it. You know, one of those things. <laughs> and uh, one night she went went up. Uh, she was explaining uh, uh, why she left Little Rock and on stage. It's part of the show. Well, she went up and she, I, I couldn't help her because I was supposed to not know what she was going to tell me. And I said, I finally, I was thinking, where could I jump in and s save this poor lady? <laughs> and I said, uh, 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 what about the gun? And she gave that one of her takes that everybody saw and, and and she looked at me and then she looked at the audience she said how did he know that i i haven't told him about that yet <laughs> well peter those are those oh, are th those are great memories and uh are you get back to champagne much oh i was up there this uh, uh for the 53 uh big 10 championship uh reunion we're still cooking, uh, <laughs> about 18, 20 guys. You know, we we had a little trouble getting there, but we were there. Yeah. Well, it's always we're great back. to it's always great to see you when you're back in town. Lauren Tate always reminds me that well, you're back in town, and, and hopefully we'll see well, you again My soon. best friend, i got to tell you. He, yeah. he, he and I have known each other since school, and, and uh, uh, we've remained friends all these years, and He's one good guy, I'll tell you that. Well, he's, he, he's my conduit to the <laughs> University of Illinois. Well, Peter, it's great to visit with you. Thanks for sharing the memories today of Carol Channing, and uh, and, and good luck, and go Illini, okay? You betcha. All right. You betcha. Keep up with it. Thank you, Thank Peter. Thank you very much for calling. You bet. All right, that is the great Peter Palmer, former Illini, of course, on stage, Broadway, and uh, performed with uh, Carol Channing. All right, back in a moment here to wrap it up on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, about a minute to go here in the uh, program. A couple of leftover texts. Uh, says, finally figured out how someone could believe the mainstream media is conservative. You would have to have no idea what conservatism is. And a texter says, I didn't realize you could buy a state. If you can get people to quit their jobs and run for office at a lesser rate of pay and you make up the difference out of your pocket, then... Didn't you just buy the state? That's a question. If so, this uh, then there should be no budget issues for the state. Just have Pritzker pick up the tab. Talking about the new governor of the state of Illinois who was sworn in uh, yesterday. We'll have more on all of this. Some more open line time tomorrow. Basically two hours of open line. Jim Dye will join me in the second hour, and uh, we can bounce things around tomorrow. We've got a uh, couple of different guests on uh, Thursday, just short uh, segments with some more open line. And then on Friday... Justice Robert Steigman. Get ready for that at the end of the week. 
That'll do it for me. Thanks to Peter Palmer for checking in with us on uh, Carol Channing. Appreciate that. And appreciate all of you for listening and Greg Solier for being our guest. It was a fun uh, couple of hours here on Penny for Your Thoughts. 11 o'clock, the news is next on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Be safe out there.